0: Hi, welcome to another PSDcast from Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Alex Palt, and I've got uh, NationEase CTO, Guy Barnhart-Magen, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Internet of Things, smart houses, smart buildings, uh, smart everything. Isn't that right, Guy? Welcome to the show. Thank
1: you very much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, I'm really glad to have people on the show who can talk about all of various facets because one of the biggest problems with the Internet of Things and smart everything is that we're literally talking about everything, right?
1: Yeah, we, we, what we've been seeing in the recent years is that it's become easier and easier to connect new devices, to create, create new components that connect to everything else. And it's brought a lot of opportunities, a lot of interesting stuff happening from your your ability to send emails and uh, print them through Google Print over the cloud wherever you go to Alexa and giving voice commands to everything. So this is exciting. This is new technology. This is great. But it comes with a cost.
0: <laughs> yes, it is, Guy. I mean, it, it, and the thing about of uh, being a Brave New World is that there are also strange new monsters and strange dangerous areas and places where the road's not very good and places where are natives may, might eat you if you get off of the road.
1: You know, there are quite a few dragons here. But uh, I think that the main issue here is that most of these dragons are pretty known, but it's The the usual world is very happy with finding these dragons and finding solutions to the main things that everybody is very excited to talk about with cryptography and the surveillance and everything going on right now. But there are a lot of uh, dark swamps and marshes still in the background that need someone to do something about them, and usually they just don't. They kind of ignore them, and that's kind of where we're coming. So now...
0: Where does NationE come in? Because as we were saying, it's such a huge application space. What layer of the infrastructure are you addressing?
1: Uh, well, what we kind of uh, did our analysis and built ourselves around to was kind of trying to find solution, not for the, the new and exciting spaces where everybody is really happy to go and what everybody thinks about when I think about IoT, smart garage door openers and smart uh, air conditioning and thermostats. But if you're looking back to the industry, to where you're you're actually manufacturing things and you have assembly plants and you have your power plants and uh, uh, smart buildings that are actually not that smart, and you find out that all of these systems have been around for years and years, and in some cases, tens of years, two decades, three decades they have been around, and nobody never thought about how they're going to react once you connect them to the Internet. And connecting them to the Internet is easy. That's what everybody's doing. But they're kind of not thinking about what it means connecting these systems to the Internet. Should I really connect my building to the Internet to have it remote control? Well, it's very good if we're thinking about the, the reduction in the workforce. You can monitor and control everything remotely. You can provide a great service with the professionals monitoring everything you do. But on the other hand, you're leaving it quite open to any hacker to go into your building and shut down the elevators, shut down the air conditioning, interrupt the power, because you never really thought about security in buildings before. And you should. And you should consider security about anything that you connect to the IoT. And in the industry, in the industrial space, we are really lagging behind, and we are lagging
0: decades behind. Mm-hmm. That's where Nishi well, in. Right. Well, and to address directly your point, you know, that's, as you're saying, the the, the dragons, the monsters, as it were, are, are, are pretty understood, and they're building better roads, but now we've got highwaymen, to stretch the analogy, we've got hackers, we've got people who are actively trying to disable the system. I mean, it's hard enough to make sure that the system is safe from normal events and acts of God and surges and all of the myriad of problems on a day-to-day basis, but then that extra- specter of cybersecurity, that's a big, big specter to a lot of people, especially if you're not familiar with the space. Yes, it is. And
1: and the reality is that most of the people who are in charge of these kinds of things in the industry are are not really aware as much or even really have the skills to cope with these kinds of issues. If we just think back to the one of the, uh, the examples where malware started spreading out ransomware about a year and a half ago. So first, uh, it mm-hmm. started out with uh, personal uh, uh, applications, people being attacked in their home computers, asking them to pay. And in that case, you know, the, the cost wasn't that high. You either pay the ransom or you restart and format your computer or buy a new one. The cost is relatively low. And then a couple of months later, I think it wasn't even six months later, we heard about the first attack on a hospital. And a hospital Mm -hmm. is an infrastructure for any terms and purposes, but nobody really thought about the need to protect hospitals against ransomware. And what's going to happen next? What happens when somebody shuts down the water facilities running water into the city? How are you going to handle a a water shortage in New York? What are you going to do Mm -hmm. if someone is going to shut down building uh, the elevators in the buildings or the, even the air conditioning in the building, for just for a couple of hours, the loss of business is, is huge. And this is just the tip of the iceberg of, of what is accessible to a hacker that can connect to this newly internet-connected control center and take over commands and issue whatever commands he wishes. And really, there's nothing stopping him because we've all been focused about building a better car and building a better thermostat.
0: Well, if I may, I think you, you, you. I don't think you really mean that. There's no one. Is that there are very few because white hats have always existed. I mean, I'm ex Army electronic warfare myself, as my audience knows. Uh, back in the good old Cold War days, uh, doing well a very primitive version of cybersecurity. But it's always been a cat and mouth old guy. Wouldn't you say?
1: Uh, Yes, I I fully agree, Uh, having some some of the similar background myself, both from military and from the uh, entrepreneurship uh, background, but I can say Mm -hmm. it's a cat and mouse game when you have two players. It's not very much of a cat and mouse uh, game when you are single-handedly, only single-sidedly playing the game. Then what we're Mm -hmm. seeing, what we're experiencing is that there's kind of a, a, a disbelief in the market that an attack can happen. If, we, if I'll take you back to three, four years ago when we started this journey and we started to talking to uh, major utilities, major uh, players in the field and saying you have to protect yourself on your legacy networks and your legacy devices and to think about how you're going to secure them. And they told us, well, you're coming too early. We don't see a threat. We don't think this is going to be an issue. And then you have a, a major attack like what happened in Ukraine last year and they mm-hmm. shut down electricity to 240,000 people. So that was three years ago when nobody believed that somebody may actually do this kind of attack, and the reality now is that everybody is very much aware that these attacks might happen. Six to ten months ago, nobody thought there was going to be ransomware on hospitals. Why should anybody try to to uh, 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 to try to shake them down for money? They're a hospital. They're there to be good. But the reality is, well... Hackers are, hackers is a general term, I can probably should say cyber criminals. They're after money and they're after work. Making money is easy. And what kind of company wouldn't prefer to pay the ransom than to have interruption of days and maybe weeks for their businesses?
0: Well, yeah, but at that point comes the the, uh, story then of what's more important, prevention or cure. I would say in this case, prevention is far, far more valuable than the cure, because uh, it's very hard to put the explosion back in the shiny metal box once it's gone off.
1: I fully agree, but I would add, add an additional step. In order to react to the threat or even to understand that the threat exists, you need some sort of visibility. You need to understand what, what is there and to try to build some sort of strategy of how to react when, when something happens. And right now, the the truth of the matter is there's very little visibility into these kind of legacy systems. They were just weren't built this way.
0: Right. And just to
1: give an example, if you have if you have a device that phones home twice a day to give its report, and the report doesn't carry any kind of authenticity record or or any kind of uh, uh, assurance that you're actually speaking to the right device, how do you know that your system is still up and running?
0: Right. Well, and that's the thing, guy. is it's an evaluative, cautionary situation as well. You can't just simply apply a blanket solution because my refrigerator is important to me, but it's much more desirable to have hackers turn my refrigerator off than to turn off the local hospital's ICU. So I think different layers of security and different, just as we have in the modern world, better locks on nicer buildings or more important facilities, I think there also need to be layers in the uh, cybersecurity as well.
1: Well, I think that, the, first of all, I fully agree with you, but I see two, two different points that you're making, and I'd like to elaborate on them. The first of them Please. is that usually when people think about IoT, they think about, the the Internet in their home, the the, the refrigerating, triggering the the grocery list. But when I'm talking about IoT, I'm actually talking about the IIoT, the Industrial Internet of Things, because that comes and hooks into your second point, Attacking a home is not very lucrative. Cyber criminals don't really care about uh, private homes. There's there's not much money in it. Although if you kind of uh, have a a home automation system and you can lock someone out from their own home unless they pay a ransom, you can make some money out of that. But think about industry. If you have a manufacturing plant, let's say uh, that has 500 people working for it, manufacturing whatever the, the, it is that they're manufacturing, from refrigerators to, to uh, uh, all kinds of machinery. Even think about, I don't know, Amazon warehouses. And if you're ransoming that warehouse and saying, I've got complete control of your system, and I'm not going to give you back the control unless you're going to give me money, that's lucrative. That's what cybercriminals criminals are after. And that is why they're going after hospitals they know that the hospitals don't have any protections in place, they're easy to shake down for money, and they would prefer to pay whatever needs to be paid than to rebuild their entire system from scratch.
0: Exactly, exactly. So now, what are some of the things that you're doing to address this? Because this is obviously a big situation with a lot of moving parts.
1: Well, the first thing that I can tell you is that uh, I like to use the metaphor metaphor that uh, security is built in layers. And you need a lot of different layers of security and that's a lot of uh, uh, different opportunities different opportunities to protect against a very different kind of attack vectors. So you have companies that are specializing in protecting your email infrastructure and companies that are more focused on your IT network infrastructure and companies going after uh, phishing attempts and uh, other kinds of uh, attack vectors. What we're looking at is the complete opposite of that uh, scale. We are going after protecting those legacy endpoints, those uh, uh, PLCs, programmable logic controllers, those RTUs, uh, remote terminal units, uh, the different components. uh, Think about the factory floor with the robots assembling a, a car. We're talking about the, really the, the last inch of the last mile. We're talking about protecting the actual devices at the end, not the network traffic, not the, the employees going on the websites and uh, catching malware from uh, uh, different kind of uh, injection attacks. We're talking about controlling and protecting the legacy networks that were built 20, 30 years ago and introducing mm-hmm. the, the regular concepts and methods that we are familiar with in the IT scope of today into those
0: legacy systems. Right, well, now that comes right back to what you were saying earlier about um really understanding it because you can't just walk in someone 's front door and say, "I can make everything safe if they make something that has completely different control and management systems than the factory next door. You can't put both, you know, say, for example, a motor-driven industrial process and the other is a hydraulic and pneumatic-driven process. Yes, there are related technologies and related sensors, but the software, everything is different.
1: That's very true. And I'll even add to that and say that if someone promises that he has a 100% protection solution, you should just run away as fast as you can. Someone's trying to sell you snake oil. Nobody has 100% exactly. a 100% foolproof solution to protect everything, everywhere, at every level. Hackers will always find a way. The cat and mouse game is to kind of uh, uh, making uh, uh, yourself less lucrative than your neighbor. Or uh, using another metaphor, uh, which is quite common in this uh, circle, is that hackers and thieves always go for the lowest-hanging fruit. And what you're trying to do is to hang your fruit higher than the neighbor's. Once a hacker comes in and sees that your system is better protected than someone else, he will save his effort and go to someone else. Very, very few, the very elite few are driven by the, the challenge of hacking to someone. Most of the damage comes from cyber criminals who are often money. And in order to make money, you're choosing and picking easy targets. You mm-hmm. just need to make yourself not an easy target.
0: Well, there's another, uh, there's an American joke that goes, uh, you don't have to outrun the bear, you just have to outrun the other guy.
1: That's exactly true. You just need to make sure that you're not as lucrative as the next guy. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So now, uh, what does someone do to get involved now? I mean, uh, what's the website? Is there an email? Uh, how do people get in touch with you to uh, find out how they can work with you?
1: Well, our website is at www.nation-e.com, and you can get a lot, of, a lot of information about our offering and our solution on that website. And also there's some uh, uh, information there about how to contact us and our email addresses, et cetera. And I'm always available to answer any kind of question in any field.
0: Excellent, excellent. Guys, um Unfortunately, it is a podcast and we don't have a lot of time to talk, although we could talk forever. I'm an ex-Intel person myself, as we were saying, and you've got a background in it. This is such a full space, but uh, what we'll have to do is settle settle for bringing you back downstream and we'll talk some more about security. But for now, before I let you go, I always give my guests the last word in my show so you you could uh, say something a little bit more about the company or services or just a tip for our audience, but the floor is yours.
1: Well, maybe my tip to the audience is to do not ignore your legacy networks. Always make sure that you have all of your bases covered because leaving behind a large blind spot will only mean that it's going to be much more painful when the attack comes, and the attack will come.
0: Agreed, agreed. So, Guy, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I'm really glad that we had you here, and it's also good to remind our audience that the security is as important as the functionality because reliability is not just based on the hardware today. So I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: The pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everyone out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Power Systems Design. Have a great day.